Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Another episode of Rain Delay Theater. My name is Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And we have a very special episode for you uh, tonight, folks. Uh, it's, you, may, you may remember it from last year. We're going to do some over-unders and some predictions for the impending baseball season, which starts in just three days on Thursday, July 23rd. Uh, today's Monday, July 20th, uh, the day of the recording. Uh, and welcome to episode number 82. Uh, Jeremy, um, 1982 was a very special year for the Brewers. It was the year that they uh, made the World Series and lost to the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, it was the last time they were in the World Series. Um, and ironically enough, in 2011, they made it all the way to the NLCS and got eliminated by, who else? The Cardinals. Yes. The Cardinals, who shouldn't have even <laughs> been there because of that stupid infield fly rule of Pete Cosma. But um, <clears throat> I digress. Um but yeah, I think they won the uh, wild card game that year because of that. Yeah, that, they only had yeah they only had like uh, eighty some wins that year or something. It was a ridiculous like a ridiculous run, and then David Freeze played out of his mind in uh, in the, both the NLCS and the World Series. Uh, and uh, hey, you know, uh, you know, a couple years later, uh, some Cardinals fan was giving you crap on Irving Park Road as we were uh, walking from a uh, walking home from a game. I don't know if you remember that one, Jeremy. I do. Yeah, I do remember that. Um. Yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, 1982. Um, so uh, let's talk about 82 uh, debuts, yeah? Yeah, I, I, got, I got one I like, Jeremy. Raphael Belliard. Do you remember Raphael Belliard? Okay, um, so I get Raphael Belliard and Ronnie Belliard confused. So which one was the pirate? Was that Ronnie? So, no, Raphael, Ronnie might have been on the Pirates later in his career, but Raphael started his career with the Pirates. He started in 1982. He uh, played in nine games, had only two at-bats. So, yeah, he started his career with the Pirates and played with them for eight years. Uh, I mostly remember him from the Braves uh, as basically a backup shortstop, like defensive uh, replacement kind of guy. He had a, a strange career, Jeremy. Um, he had 2,301 official at-bats. And only two career home runs. Uh, those home runs were hit in 1987 and 1997. So I didn't look crazy. up the I didn't look up the dates that he hit those homers, but it stands to reason that he went ten ten years without hitting a home run. I wonder, Jeremy. I wonder if that's the record for longest uh, amount of time a major league player has gone um, without like between home runs, uh, at least for a position player. Uh, I can't imagine it would be any longer than 10 years. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah he, career 221 hitter, uh, only two home runs for his career. And yet he played from 1982 to 1998. So whatever he was doing, he was able to stick around for a long time despite never hitting better than 249. Nope, nope, not my bad, Jeremy. He did hit 250 in a season once uh, and 500 in two at-bats uh, in his rookie year. So, yeah, Ron, uh, Rat, I almost called him Ronnie who was his cousin, uh, who played for the Brewers. But yeah, Raphael Belliard, Jeremy, that's my 1982 guy. Yeah, I mean, I remember Raphael Belliard on the um, <clears throat> the late, I want to say, or like the early 90s Pirates, right? Yes, yeah, he was on the early, yeah, yes he was. He was on, uh, he was on the, the last year he played with the Pirates actually was 1990. Okay. Um, so he was not on that 91 team 
that played uh, uh, who, who was it? In who the, was uh, it? They... The Braves in the play. Yes, in NLCS. right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I just, I, okay, so I was almost going to say late 80s. So let, let me amend that to late 80s. But I just, I remember like the, um, I remember like the Pirates being like Cubs killers. And I just remember Harry Carey saying like, Rafi Belliard. Because I think he would, I don't know if he would say Raphael. He would say like Rafi Belliard. <laughs> um, yeah, actually speaking yeah. of 1991, Jeremy, he did, he was on the Braves team that played the Pirates in 1991. Oh, there, so there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, my 82 guy. And so Jack, uh, well, yeah, I'll say this. Well, okay, no, no, I'll say it now, actually. So, um, uh, yeah, Rafael Belliard. So, so Jack, we're using baseball reference um, for, like, these lists, basically, to find out, yeah. like, um, which is amazing that you can look on MLB reference and see who debuted in um, 1982 and who – so there's two different lists. There's players who debuted in 1982 and players who – uh, were rookies in 1982 who basically lost their rookie eligibility in 1982. So um, sure. there's been some uh, like internal, not really because we haven't really talked about it, but there's some been internal conflict about which list we should use. Initially, my, my thought was to, to be like who had their rookie year that year, um, but it's kind of morphed into like either that or who debuted in 1982. I will say Rafael Belliard, he may have debuted. He de- debuted in September of '82, but he didn't lose his rookie status until 1986. <laughs> Jesus. So yeah, so he <laughs> wasn't really making a big uh, impact his first uh, four year, like until four years after he he debuted. So, um, so that that's interesting. Um, my guy also did not lose his rookie eligibility until 1983, but he did debut in '82, and that is Greg Walker. Jack. Greg Walker. You, okay. Yeah. Do you know Greg Walker from the White Sox, Jack? I don't remember Greg Walker. I'm, I'm looking him up right now. Yeah, um, he's, okay. He's just so, a, oh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say played from 82 to 90. It looks like he was a first baseman. Yeah. Just another guy who, um, like, uh, you know, being a little kid and seeing him play, I thought he was, like, you know, a superstar or something, and clearly he was not. Sure. Um, he, uh, let's see, he led the league, and he somehow played 163 games in 1985, so he, he was tied well, for the league lead yeah. there. Um, that's, and, that's impressive, Jeremy. Yeah, I know. Right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, maybe he was like, I, he's like, coach, I got, or he's like, I got to lead the league in something, uh, <laughs> you know? And so, I mean, 85, did the White Sox play like a one game playoff that year? I, I was going to say they, they must've, that's the, uh, that's the only way you can play in 163 games. Um, yeah, yeah he had a, uh, uh, it looks like he had Royals? a, did they play against the Royals? Well, it would have to be against the Royals, wouldn't it? Like, oh, uh, yeah. For a bad, yeah, right? No, that yeah, that makes sense. Because the Royals, did the Royals win the series in 85? Um, yeah, I think so. No, I don't know, Jack. Cause somehow there's, their last the game 163 was against the, was Seattle. I don't, I don't know. And hmm. it was part of a four-game series. Uh, we'll have to, we'll, we'll have to go to the research department for that one, but. Yeah, who knows? Maybe we can. Maybe maybe that's an error, Jeremy. Maybe we can email Baseball <laughs> Reference and uh, get that taken away from Greg Walker. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, it does look like he had a couple decent seasons, though. Uh, you know, a couple of twenty-plus homer seasons as a first baseman, um, and it looks yeah. like he he batted lefty. So yeah, uh, yeah I could I could see how you would uh, you know that a guy like that would strike your fancy as a little kid. Yeah, I mean, I'm a young Jeremy in the 1987 White Sox season must have been the year that that Greg Walker really caught my eye because uh, yeah, he hit 20. He that was his career high in homers with 27. He only hit 256, but the year before that he hit 277. Um, so I thought that he was a powerful um, 
first baseman. He ended up making the White Sox coaching staff, which like I don't know how everyone who ever you know donned a White Sox uniform didn't come back as a coach at some point, <laughs> or at least like Jerry Reinsdorf's like you know a uh, valet or something or like you know a uh, valet parker or like personal shopper like right. you think that like anyone who ever like who put in more than like you know 20 games uh official uh games played with the white Sox has some has still uh and is still alive has some sort of ties to jerry reinsdorf because of his <laughs> undying loyalty but greg walker was a coach i want to say he was like the hitting coach for the white Sox at some point okay um, you, you know and so a career 260 hitter <laughs> as your hitting coach. I don't know if that is, is too good and maybe could explain some of the White Sox hitting woes. But um, one thing that I do remember Greg Walker for is he had a seizure on field on the field. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. Let me, let me see if I can Google that really quick. Um, but I remember yeah. that as a kid too. Well, yeah. And Jeremy, I was going to say 260 hitter, but you know, when you, when you're a, a kid, uh, you know, you don't really look at batting average, you know, the yeah. only thing, the only thing you really pay attention to is, is home runs. Or at least that's kind of how that's kind of how I was. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, it was um, July thirty first, nineteen eighty eight, I guess. Okay. Or, so July eighty eight, let's call it. Um, yeah, he had a he had a, a seizure on the field. I guess it was during batting practice. Maybe I thought it was during a game, but uh, but yeah. So that was a scary thing. I remember as a kid, you know, um, uh, like uh, thinking that that was uh, you know getting kind of freaked out about that and maybe maybe that was the first time i learned about seizures or something uh, for sure. but uh but yeah so that's that's another thing that i remember greg walker for but um yeah i mean i think if you pull any white Sox fan i'm sure you know i'm sure there's someone out there <laughs> who lives south of uh you know uh um what's the what's the what's the northwest border i can't think of it right now of uh uh, uh. madison or monroe uh I always get those two confused, but someone who lives south, like with a South address in Illinois, I bet in Chicago probably has a Greg Walker tattoo. <laughs> was my point. Um, but uh, but anyway, so yeah, so there's uh, that's Greg Walker, um, White Sox uh, fan favorite, let's say. Yeah, um, and uh, Jeremy, uh, you know, not not today, but maybe someday, we'll, we can look up uh, most seasons played without exhausting rookie eligibility. You know, it's like the the, yeah. mo- the, the moonlight gram of not being able to. To exhaust that rookie eligibility, yeah, Belliard's got to be close, but yeah, I would think so. We, we've we've tripped up a lot of uh, statistical anomalies so far, and it's only been ten <laughs> minutes into the podcast. What else can we mess up? Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about stats later on, so um, we are. Yeah, yeah. We'll um, see. So, uh, so Jeremy, I, I was uh, wanted to talk about this uh, while I still, uh, you know, while it's still somewhat in the zeitgeist, although you know, not really so much anymore. But I watched the first nine out of ten episodes of uh, The Last Dance recently. Um, And by recently, I mean yesterday. I watched nine episodes yesterday. Um, But it it was, uh, uh, you know, I liked it, Jeremy. I think that, like, a lot of people were talking about it while it was airing just because there was nothing else airing. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's a a pretty good sports uh, documentary. But... um, uh, yeah, I you know I I'm in, I'm enjoying it. Uh, a, a lot of the Bulls run from like '95 to '97 was happening right as I I was starting to uh, uh, follow basketball. I will say one thing that made me laugh, and this is incredibly mm-hmm. crass, but uh, it, it like the uh, you know the guys are like going off to uh, some country club to play golf on a day off, and uh, Michael Jordan asked Dennis Rodman, "Are you coming?" And like Rodman just walks away. He's like, "No, I'm going to Hooters." 
I'm gonna go look at some titties and ass, and then he just walks away. I was like, that is uh, that is incredibly crass, uh, but it's it's funny that uh, it's funny that it made it on there. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, I bet uh, you know all they had to say to to Dennis Rodman was like, hey, Dennis, you know, in in 20 years, you're not gonna be able to say that on TV, and I'm sure he would have, uh, you know, you'd get canceled for that. And I'm sure he would have strained right up. <laughs> Um, but uh yeah i mean yeah i know uh dennis rodman not canceled right (laughs) yeah no no apparently not and like uh uh, revered uh if if nothing else um even even though he cavorts with uh you know communist uh north (laughs) north korea but but anyway um but yeah so uh very interesting but um yeah jack well um i mean yeah you know i i don't know i it was uh it was fun to watch. I, I I feel like I heard a lot of opinion on it from like, you know, non Chicago people, like on different podcasts that I listen to and stuff. Um, and uh, you know, I mean, I just I think that like Michael Jordan kinds of like I remember talking about before it like before it came out, people were gonna say like, oh, this is not gonna make Jordan look good or something, and and it doesn't, but like it did it didn't change anyone's opinion of him. I think and like if anything, I think people like liked him more. I I don't know. I mean, it's like. He, he was an asshole, but it's like he was also the best. So it's like, yeah, sure, he can be an asshole, I guess. He was. Uh, Jeremy, I would, I would beg to differ, and, like, I would argue that, uh, you know, it is a little bit self-aggrandizing towards Jordan. But, like, uh, yeah. you know, he um, – you know, even the parts where they're like, you know, oh, he was such an asshole. But they're like, yeah, but – well, but, but he won. Like, he pushed it, which is true. But, yeah, um, uh, yeah I mean, I, I will say that my opinion of him hasn't changed that much, that they do kind of – uh, like skirt over the whole, uh, you know, the whole gambling thing. They, uh, yeah. you know, they kind of just kind of uh, brush that aside. Um, and, you know, he says, "Oh yeah, you know, I like to gamble, but you know, I can I can stop whenever I want to." So he kind of he kind of brushes that off. Uh, you know, I guess which isn't a huge surprise. But um, but yeah, I uh, I don't I don't find Michael Jordan like as as an athlete or as a person to be like a particularly interesting subject. Um, it's like you know he was just kind of a he was kind of a jerk who was really good at, at basketball, but sure. I, I mean, I, I would disagree in that. I think he's interesting. I mean, like I, I do think like, um, I did. I, I mean, I liked, I think one of the, I liked how he, I found it comical by the end of like how he held so many grudges, basically. Um, the, one of the running jokes that it became like, you know, on Twitter, it would be like, you know, someone would tweet like on that night in New York, a little kid went up to Michael Jordan and said, you're my second favorite player. And then it's like, <laughs> Jordan never looked back and scored 70 points that night or something. You know, like, <laughs> like he would use that as, as a uh, um, inspiration. But uh, I just, I, I was, um, you know, I think I'll say this. I think that it was like, it was interesting just to see um, his like, like competitive drive and just think it's like I just I just don't feel like people are like that anymore, um, and like it was kind of nice just to see like a guy who like just I mean maybe for better or for worse uh, he was just all about basketball and like competing and like I think uh, I think it was kind of cool to see like because yeah you know they say like you know they don't like like people don't like to see like players like during warmups like go and shake hands and and joke around with the other guy on the other team, and you know Jordan like if you weren't with him, you were his mortal enemy. And like, you know, that doesn't necessarily make for a likable guy or maybe uh, a cheery guy, but like, it was cool. It's, it's, 
I think it's, you know, we all need those kinds of people. Like, I think sports needs those kind of people. And uh, I think it, like, I don't know, it made things interesting. And it was just, I, I kind of enjoyed just seeing that over and over again, but still, you know. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that is the thing. You, you, you see a lot of it. Um, yeah, I agree, Jeremy, um, you know, that, that you, you don't really get, like, the killer instinct from a lot of guys anymore. Uh, I think that Kobe Bryant had it. I will say that like Jordan seems to still hold those grudges, uh, yeah. you know, even after all of this time, which is kind of funny. Uh, yeah. And like, he, he still won't give people an inch. There's one, yeah. uh, there's one moment where like, uh, you know, Gary Payton gets interviewed and was like, yeah, I shut Jordan down in games, you know, three and four or, or whatever of the 90, 96 finals. And he like Jordan, him, Jordan right? just laughs at him. And he's yeah. like, yeah, he's like, he's like, I got nothing against the glove. I got nothing against the glove. <laughs> but like, he he doesn't even give Gary Payton any credit for it, you know? Yeah. No. Uh, which that, is that, which I thought was funny. That kind of that's that stuff like that. And there's there's plenty of it in the in the series. Is like it. I just yuck it up, man. Because like, yeah, it doesn't matter how good he was. He's clearly revered as the best basketball player of all time. Probably will always be considered that, even above LeBron and and Kobe. But he's still a fucking like cantankerous asshole and it's like he just can't be happy being the best having six championships like he's still deep down like miserable it's like it it reminds me of like you know watching the cubs even when the cubs are good like uh you know i'm still getting mad about them blowing the lead in the sixth inning or like i still get mad about 2003 or something like uh when we were at that chris bryant walk-off game um you know and he hit he hit the homer he walked off and then uh you know i was mad my initial reaction as that ball was sailing out was like, you know, God damn it. Like, uh, was it Jason Mott who blew yeah, it? If Jason Mott hadn't blown that save, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. Like that was, I was just mad. I'm like, fucking like, as the ball was going out of the field, I'm like, you fucker Mott, like, fuck you. You know, like that's what was going through my head. So I can, I can appreciate that sort of, uh, misery, uh, misery, I guess. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, uh, I have one episode to go, Jeremy, but I finally watched it. So I figured I figured I'd get it out there. Yeah, yeah, it's worth it's worth discussing for sure. Um, so uh, speaking of watching things, um, there have been finally like non so well there have been in, in, uh, intra squad games on TV, um, which have been kind of fascinating to watch. Uh, Jack, me and you watched a little bit of a replay of a White Sox one from a couple days ago. We did. We should we should say Jack, we actually hung out. We actually saw each other in person for the first time since March. Uh, the yeah, we day. did. We hung out on your porch. Yeah, had some had some porch beers and stuff. Uh, maybe uh, pissed off some of my neighbors, but um, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think we we uh, stopped being quiet towards the end, uh, or at least I stopped being quiet. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so uh, so that was good. It's good to see you. Uh, um, but uh, we kept our distance and uh, um, just I don't know bullshitted. But um, uh, but uh, yeah. So we watched a little bit of the Inter Squad game, and now there have been actual like you know. Um, games against an opponent in a major league stadium for the first time this year. Uh, so yet last night um, on Marquee Network, what do you have against the Marquee Network? Um, uh, the White Sox uh, visited the Cubs, and tonight, right now as we're recording, uh, the White, the Cubs are getting bludgeoned to death by the White Sox in uh, Guaranteed Rate Field. So it's actually we're seeing players play in major league stadiums uh, for the first time this year. Uh, ahead of uh, opening day, which is uh, this upcoming Thursday, like you said, Jack. So, um, yeah, so it's been interesting. Um, 
you know, so I've, I've watched, I watched pretty much most of the game last night. I watched uh, a couple innings of it today before we had to start recording. And, you know, it's, it's definitely weird seeing games with no uh, fans. I did watch that, that White Sox Orioles game from whatever year that was like 2014 or whenever it was. Right. Um, I did watch that Mm -hmm. game and, and just was kind of fascinated by it. But, um, it was just weird. Like I, I saw at one point, like late in the game, the Cubs were losing yesterday and like Baez might've like popped out or something. And I think I felt like he like looked up to the sky or something. And I was thinking like, can the players like get up? Like, are they like getting into these games? Like, can they get up for these games without having any fans there? Yeah. It's it's an element. Yeah. I think it's an element that, that no one's really talked about yet. Yeah, um, I mean, and I wonder what the uh, the length of time of the games is going to be. I remember that uh, that Orioles game from a you know a few years back. Uh, that was only like a two hour game or something, and I think a crazy okay. uh, amount of runs were scored. So like, okay. uh, you have to wonder if like just not having fans there eliminated all of the uh, like extra little crap that the players will do just to kind of just to kind of show off. Um, yeah. Although I will say that like the Korean games that I watched don't seem to really be any shorter than uh, you know your average your average baseball game. Yeah, um, sure. you know whether or not guys will get fired up uh, is is a good question. I, I think are they are they piping in crowd noise into the stadium? Yeah, they did last night at at, at Wrigley. Sure, but they, I mean, then again, you know the guys aren't stupid. It's not it's not you know it's no replacement for actual fans. Um, right. I mean, all they have to do is just look. You know, slight. If you're batting, all you have to do is look slightly to your right or left and see you know no one in the stands so i don't know it's it's weird i yeah no one i i haven't seen anything really talked about it uh yet um but uh there was just something in like like Baez's eyes like maybe because it was an you know it was also an exhibition game so um and so far the cubs have been pretty flat uh save for like the first like four innings when hendrix was on last night Uh um and i'm just like if if they're getting their brains beat in and like there's no one in the stands, I have a feeling like some players are going to just be like, "What the fuck are we doing here?" You know? Right? Yeah, and just just kind of mail it in. You know? A little bit. I mean, yeah, I could see that happening. I will say, last night, uh, Jarrell Cotton came on to relieve Hendricks and promptly gave up. Like, I think he did double, double, triple, double, maybe. Like, uh-huh. He just got his brains bashed in, and I was I I actually felt bad for him at first. I was like, um. I'm like, wow, thanks a lot, Cotton. Like, nice, nice uh, appearance. Um, but then I just started feeling bad for him. And, like, he just – he kind of gave this look. Like, I think after he gave up the triple, he he ran off the home uh, – ran off the mound to cover uh, home or something. And he just was, again, looking into the middle distance and just – I just felt bad for him. Like, he, I th- you were watching him – realize his career was ending basically <laughs> sure yeah i mean uh yeah absolutely right a guy like that like a fringe guy probably not gonna you know make the roster after a after an outing like that you got you got to think though um there are probably certain players who are happy that there's no fans in the stands i mean you know you get a guy like chris davis for the orioles you know that was probably his favorite game he played ever when there were no fans in the stands you know like no there's there's gonna be nobody to boo him you yeah, know for sure um, yeah no for sure yeah yeah, you figure a you know a closer who's been struggling the last couple of weeks. You know he doesn't have to you know he doesn't have to face those boos either. Or uh, you know I wonder if uh, you know in Wrigley Field they're gonna pipe in boos when Ryan Braun is is up. You know that would <laughs> yeah, be. I wonder. Yeah, yeah, it would be funny. It would be. It would be. I mean, what you know? What's what's to stop them from doing something like that? You know, I'm sure there's no I, rule. Yeah, I wonder if like someone would say like that's in poor taste or something. But uh, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it, I I would I would only fear that it would maybe make Braun 
feel more comfortable, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, more, more in his element for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, th- that's a good question here. I mean, to see how, how it's going to affect uh, the players uh, in addition to the viewing experience. I will say that I watched uh, this uh, tournament on ESPN. I, we were talking a little bit about it when we hung out, but uh, it was called the Basketball Tournament, TBT, yep. on ESPN. And that was, not, that was played in front of no fans. And uh, frankly, you didn't really notice it. Um, I mean, granted, they blocked off all of the uh, all of the seats in the arena, so you couldn't really see anything. Um, you couldn't even see there were seats there. But for basketball, it really didn't make any difference at all. Baseball is a little bit different because you can see you can actually see all of the empty seats. But um, you know, I imagine after a while, as a fan, you're just going to kind of for- forget about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess they'll also have those uh, cutouts too, right? So that's true. Maybe that'll be a thing. By the way, Jack, I think we need to crowdfund uh, getting cutouts for me and you. So uh, if anyone wants to, they will set up a uh, rain delay theater Venmo account or something. How much do those uh, cost again? Well, I think that I think they're as low as fifty dollars. Although I don't know if they're they've been like, you know, sold out already. I haven't actually sure. looked into it, but. I know that the for the Oakland A's like they were like it was something like fifty bucks, but then like to get one in foul territory like down the lines where if you get hit if your cut, cardboard cutout gets hit by a ball we I think we talked about this uh, you get to, they'll send you the ball that was like exponentially more it was like a hundred and fifty nine dollars or something oh god like yeah they should um you know they they should make it like the the realistic uh, experience or like the rain delay theater experience you know like we we buy cardboard cutouts. For four dollars for a White Sox game, <laughs> and then they, you know, they move us down into the you know, halfway, halfway into the lower deck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then we can mock the other players who. Uh, the, the, yeah, the, mock the other, mock the other cardboard cutouts. Yeah, um, exactly. So, Jeremy, we, uh, uh, yeah, we have a lot of over unders and predictions here. So, yeah, we uh, shall we get started with those? Let's do it. Let's do it. So, okay, yeah, so just again, folks, you know, 60-game season, okay, so that's roughly a third um, of uh, – uh, well, it's a little less than a third, I guess, right? Um, yeah. Of, uh, of a regular season um, so, yeah, so well, si- Yeah, 60 games would be what? A third of a season is 54 games, if I'm not mistaken. So 60 yeah. is a, just a little bit more than a third. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, so um, – Let's take a look. First, first ones we did were over unders uh, for like team team totals, basically. So um, we're talking about like, yeah, um, just generic kind of team things. So we'll, we could talk about it as we go uh, through it. So uh, what's up first there, Jack? Well, I had I had home runs, Jeremy. Most most home runs hit by uh, this would be by an individual player, right? Yeah, individual player. So not any specific player, but who's going to lead the league in home runs? Uh, what what will the over under be on that? So uh, we set the over-under at 22-and-a-half. Yes. Um, so, Jeremy, I think that the league leader is going to have 25. Okay. Um, yeah, I have, I have over. I have over 22-and-a-half. Okay. I just, can't, I just can't imagine someone – I mean, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say. 21 homers. To say someone lead, led the league with 21 homers um, – I, I just can't see it. I can I definitely see I can see it going twenty to twenty five homers though. Um so yeah, it's uh I don't know. It's gonna be tough. But yeah, I, I picked the over on that as well. And uh okay. I would say like twenty three or twenty four. So Okay, I like it. Um yeah, and you know, when you think about it though, Jeremy, uh twenty home runs for a sixty game season, you know, that's roughly 
uh, 50 home runs for like a, a a regular season, you know. Yeah. Uh, if, you, you know, you're getting it'd be it'd be right up there. Well, actually, if we're talking about a third of a season, it'd be like 60 homers. But you know, um, I mean, 20 home runs in 60 games—that's a heck of a lot. Um, but yeah, I still, maybe, I still maybe think. Maybe we set our over under too high. I don't. I know. don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so, Jeremy. I'm still going to go with 25. You know, um, yeah. last year Cody Bellinger and Christian Yelich had 14 by the end of April. So you know, I think some guy's going to get hot and stay hot all year. So I'm going to stick with my 25. Yeah, that's cool. Um, all right. So well, we're in agreement on that one. Um, so uh, we have uh, wins next. Most wins for a pitcher. Yeah. Or most is this wins. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Most wins for a pitcher right now. Okay, um, so our over under is seven point five. Yeah, seven and a um, half. Yeah, uh, and so I, uh, I'm going to take the over on that, Jeremy. I'm going to say it's going to be nine wins. Okay, all right. Yeah, we did the math and we figured. Um, uh, I think we said like twelve. So if you divide, yeah, sixty divided by five is uh, twelve. So there's a chance that someone might have twelve uh, starts uh, this season. Um, I am going under. I'm going under seven and a half. Okay. I think it, yeah, I'll you know I think it could be close, but uh, I, again that's a pretty that's a tough over under, but uh, I'll pick under for it. I mean, I'm I'm thinking that this is going to be a hitter's year. I have a feeling like pitching, like dominant pitching, is might be scarce these uh, these two uh, or these uh, yeah two months, whatever three months, and I think that um, uh, I I think that there might be some quick hooks as well uh, in games. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure. So I'm I'm picking over or under in that one. Under. Sure, you know, and the, the quick hooks thing is a good point, Jeremy. I, I mean, you do need five innings to get a win. Yeah. Um, so you know, for for your guys, you know, probably really, uh, you know, guys like Cole, Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, you know, those guys probably more often than not are are not going to get a quick hook. But you know, that that's the exception to the rule. So I feel like if it's not one of those those like real stud guys, uh, you know, you might not see more than more than seven seven wins so yeah, yeah. um we have uh most saves uh okay, so saves. yeah so we had 15 and a half here um yeah. uh jeremy i think uh it's gonna be under that okay so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say i'm gonna say 15 saves okay you know i was gonna say i was thinking under but for the sake of argument i'll say over on that one okay um i think that that's a re- another really kind of tough number there um i could see under i'm trying to think now is like is saying 15 and a half saves uh as ridiculous as saying seven and a half wins like to, to balance those out but no i think you know i don't know if if a pitcher gets like twenty wins and the le- the league leader in saves usually has like fifty or something, so that's this is true, yeah, yeah. So I think that ratio is actually kind of fair. Um, so uh, I'll say, yeah, for the argument, for the sake of argument, I'll say over on uh, on save. So over uh, fifteen and a half. Okay, nice. Um, let's see. Let's do batting average. Sure. So we said the batting average at uh, three ninety and a half points. <laughs> Those are some gaudy numbers. Uh, I don't know if that Tony Gwynn is going to be playing in this league. Um, yeah. But uh, so Jeremy, I'm gonna so three ninety and a half. I'm gonna yeah. take the uh, I'm gonna take the under on that one. You know, naturally, okay. you'd, be, you'd be crazy not to. But um, I still think that like somebody's going to hit uh, at least three forty this year. Between three forty and three fifty, I think is going to be. Uh, the league 
Yeah, the league leader. I predict 343. But I think 60 games is a small enough sample size where a guy can just kind of get hot and stay hot for for that amount of time. So I'm going to say like 343 for the league leader in batting average. Well, Jack, you should have talked me down from my from the over under that <laughs> if three, if three ninety. I see the only reason why I said three ninety is because you know they're in the conversation. People are saying, "Will there be a four hundred hitter this year?" Um, so well, take know. the over. Take the over, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not afraid to take the over here. I will, um, uh, you know, uh, for the sake of argument, I could take it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's def, I think it's doable. I mean, obviously over 162 games, you know, that's a crazy number, but in a 60 game season, I don't know. It's it's possible. Uh, okay, I'll take the over just for the just for the heck of it. I like um, it. I I could have said it at 3, you know, 65 and still taking the over and still won, <laughs> but um, you know, and you would still take the under, but uh um so you're giving me you're giving me 20 points basically. <laughs> Or maybe I'm giving you twenty. I don't know. Yeah. But. Well, Jeremy. Yeah. Who's gonna? Who do you think it, it'll be that'll hit? That'll hit over three ninety. Oh, Jesus, I don't know. Whit Merrifield. <laughs> yeah. No, Whit, nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I said like the gen, the generation one ahead of of Whit Merrifield, the same guy. Um. No. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh. I don't know. I, I'm trying. I, I'd like to just throw out like an arbitrary name. Um. But I even I can't even think of anybody. Um. Yeah, like I want to say, like uh, not Adam Eaton, but uh, I don't know <laughs> some some goofball. I don't know. Uh, I mean Joey Votto, you know, the possibility. Yeah. yeah, you know he could he could he could be like zeroing in on this season. He's crazy. He's crazy enough to be like, you know what, sixty game season, I could hit four hundred here and really leave my mark on the game. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, my question is like, I mean, it's gonna have to be an asterisk. But if someone hits four hundred this year, it's gonna throw everything off (laughs) it's like it will it will you know um uh it'd be one of those things where if they asked ted williams about it i'm sure he would he would poo poo it you know sort of like uh sort of like what pete rose said about each row's hits um yeah yeah, exactly but uh uh i i I like it jeremy and you know i'm I'm glad you i'm glad you said it as high as 390.5 uh so i think i think that's a that's a good call um, I mean, I'm trying to think, Jack. What like what was the highest in recent years? Um, like you know. Yeah, I think Meglio Ordonez hit like 370 one year. Okay. With the Tigers. Yeah. Um, I'm look. I'm, it's it looks like Ichiro hit 372 in uh, uh-huh. 2004. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, three Meglio Ordonez hit 363 Oof. in 2007. That's still pretty uh, damn good. Chipper Jones hit 364 in 2008. Um, bonds, well, fuck bonds, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. So in recent years, it's been right around you know three twenty, three thirty, a couple three forties. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, so that would that would that would go that would end up jiving with kind of like your your number there, Jack. But uh, it certainly would be exciting to see even someone hit over you know three 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 eighty. Um, would be pretty exciting. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, no hitters. Uh, this is a good one. Um, so yeah. we have it at 1.5. Um, yeah. I'm going to take uh, the under on this one. I'm going to say there's going to be one no hitter this year. 
Okay. Yeah, I will. I, I also have. I got to take the under on that one, and I'm going to say there's there's no no hitters this year. Okay. I mean, I'm not. Um, I'm just not projecting the way the season is playing out for me. I'm just not seeing any dominant pitching uh, performances this year. Um, but uh, I could be wrong. Um, and also, you know, uh, Jeremy, complete games now are so rare, uh, especially with yeah. like just a sixty game season. Yeah, I think I think uh, a good one to do would have been over under on complete games. Um, yeah, because sure. you're sure you're sure probably not going to see many. But as you know, as far as no hitters are concerned, to get an official no hitter, you have to pitch the whole game, and that just almost never happens anymore. Um, yeah. So I think unless I think, they are going for a no hitter, yeah. right? Right, exactly. Um, so yeah, I think I think no no hitters is a good call, um, especially you know a lot of times, Jeremy. There's only one or two in a season, and that's over a 162 game season. So if we're talking about only 60 games, that's a lot fewer chances for guys to actually get one. Um, yeah. So yeah, Talk I think. About- Oh, go talk ahead. about talk about like an experience with no fans. Like if there was a no hitter with no fans, like it would it would almost seem hollow, you know? Right. Yeah. And like you know, because when a no hitter is going on, you know, once you get to around the seventh, sixth, seventh inning, you know, the whole, the crowd starts to become aware of it, you know. Yeah, um, sure. So uh, you know, you wouldn't have that buzz in the crowd. Um, you know, seeing a bunch of guys mob each other on the field um, with no fans in attendance, uh, also. <laughs> possibly kind of weird um self-indulgent i would say right um (laughs) um, all right uh yeah so uh, let's see next category um is total team wins so how many wins is the team with the most wins going to have this season uh we set the over under at 38 and a half yeah um jeremy uh yeah what do you want to go first on this one Sure. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a tough number. Um, and like, so if a team goes 38, if they get 38 wins, that's uh 38 and 22, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, I mean, you would think, I don't know what per win percentage that is, but, um, uh, you would there, definitely, there are teams I think that have higher win percentages than, than that, like in, uh, oh, yeah. you know, re- regular season. Um, but I'm going to say the under in that. Okay. Yeah, okay. I just, you know, I don't know. I kind of, I, I kind of see this, I kind of see like in this, I kind of foresee there being kind of like a murky middle, like, a, like the middle blob kind of like they, they call it, they say like in the NFL, like there's like the one or two elite teams. Then there's the teams that have like zero or one wins. And then there's just the middle blob. And yeah. like, I, I kind of, I, I would not be surprised. I know it's not a boring, it's not a, you know, it's not exactly a, a not a boring uh, uh, prediction, but I, I just, I kind of see like there being this general like blob. I don't necessarily see any teams really pulling that far out ahead of anyone else in 60 games. Right. Um, you know, yeah, they always say that the baseball season is a marathon uh, and not a sprint and 60 games isn't really enough time for like a team to, you know, do what you said and like really pull away uh, and yeah. rattle off a bunch of wins. Uh, you know, it's also not, you know, you're not going to have teams that are just like tanking and giving away players uh, at the trade deadline. You know, a lot, yeah. a lot of teams will lose a bunch of games in the second half because they trade away their best players. You're probably just not going to see that uh, this season. Um, I'm still going to take the over on this one. Um, I'm going to say uh, 40 wins for the most most wins, uh, you know, which which equates to a lot 60. of wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 67% winning percentage, I guess, right? Yeah. 67. But I think yeah. that over just the course of 60 games, a team a team could do that. Uh, truly elite team. So uh, yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say 40 wins. So I'm going to take the over on that one. Okay, fair enough. Um, 
And then uh, the last one we have for team total categories is um, teams with a COVID situation. So, um, you know, that basically means like uh, someone testing positive during the season, someone having to like go on the, you know, the COVID list or whatever they're calling it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we we hope that that, that, that doesn't happen and that, um, you know, this, this early period now where they're kind of testing and kind of, you know, kind of not weeding out, but like, you know, they're, they're eliminating or, you know, they're, some guys are getting tested and distancing from the team and then coming back. Uh, Yohan Mankata re- uh, came back today, interestingly enough. Ah, did he? Um, um, I, yeah. I did see that Yaziel Puig tested positive and didn't get signed by the Braves. Did you read that? No, I didn't. Did that, that just broke today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, yeah, the Braves are going to sign him, but he tested positive. I was almost going to say whichever team signs Yaziel Puig, you know, like they you know the Azio Puig is probably not going to give a shit about team rules and it's just going to just going to go out uh and you know do whatever he wants uh but yeah he yeah. he tested he tested positive today so the Braves did not sign him um you know once he once he quarantines and gets some negative tests maybe a team will sign him but uh but yeah today it was announced that like he uh tested positive so he will not be signing with the Braves yeah i guess there's no i mean cuz i was going to say like the Braves can just like sign him and just you know quarantine them for two weeks but like right but i guess there's no real reason to do that they could just revisit that those talks you know when he when he blows a negative i guess <laughs> right you know? um, right so yeah so i don't know so we this was a kind of a weird one to set the over under because i feel like it's you know the scary idea is it could be one if it's one it could be 30 you know cases right. on a team so uh, it could it could like kind of uh, blow up pretty quick, but we set it at two point five. Just uh, figured, just a general round number. So two point five over under COVID, uh, you know, situations or COVID uh, transaction, COVID related transactions uh, for yeah. the season, Jack. So, um, man, you know, I hate to I'd hate to go take the over on this one, um, uh, but you could definitely see how it's possible. Um, my hope would be that. Uh, uh, this you know this period is a time where they're kind of rooting that out and things will be good going forward um so i will take the under on this i guess all right jeremy i i i thought you were going to be a doomer there for a second <laughs> but uh no. okay yeah um i i like it i'm, I'm gonna take the under too jeremy um yeah let, let's hope s- for god's sakes give us something to hope for you know Jeremy's. right right um and i i guess like you know, how, how would you define a COVID situation? Would that be like the best players on the team going down or just some players? Um, I think it's you know. anybody. Yeah, anybody. Um, anybody yeah. maybe even on the on the active roster maybe, I guess, you know? Right. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take the under on that. Be optimistic. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, all right, so let's move on to some individual achievements then. Uh, we okay. kind of did this last year, although I think we did it on as over, also at over-unders, but, um, you know, I think um, – we can kind of go out and, and pick our numbers and it'll be interesting to see how we, how close we come to each other with our independent predictions, which we have not discussed yet. Um, so uh, the first uh, individual player, do we have uh, the rookie up next up first, Jack? Is that right? We do. We do. Okay. Yes. So um, Jack, you know that I like the rookies um, and the prospects. So um, there's no bigger one uh, uh, this year uh, than Luis Robert. Uh, with the White Sox, he's gonna be. He's. Uh, I mean, he's gonna make the opening day roster. Uh, he's sporting number eighty-eight right now, which is kind of funny. And I know that Cuban players generally wear big numbers. And I was wondering if they would take that down because he's. You know, once he makes the team, will they 
with is ADHS his like prospect number with no. I kind of hope not. Well, so he so he was playing against the Cubs yesterday, and I saw him slide into second base, and he had and he had a big gold eighty-eight necklace. So oh, nice. I think I think he's counting on him keeping the number eighty-eight. Right. Um. Yeah. Unless he melts that down and gets it turned in or maybe he can break it in half if he gets number eight i guess i don't think eight is retired by the white Sox. Uh, and then he could have two um but uh, he can have a backup but um so luis robert uh yeah big things are expected of him this year um we did this last year with jordan and with uh, vlad uh but let's 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 guess his batting average homers and rbis so you want to go batting average first jack uh sure yeah i'm gonna guess that he is gonna hit uh 252 Oof. All right. That's a nice, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Um, yeah, I think the the one hole, and I think the one thing that, that's going to plague uh, Luis Robert this year is maybe um, his free swinging and maybe like kind of getting fooled. I will say Kyle Hendricks made him look pretty bad yesterday uh, with like three pitches. I think he struck him out on. Yeah, it was definitely three pitches, and he got him looking on a curveball, I think, right down the middle. Um, so that's going to be the things, you know, that's like uh, that's like a sign of like, you know, th- what could happen to Robert this year, like facing some truly good control pitchers in the majors. Um, so I have I, I have a little, him going a little higher, but still pretty low. I have 265 for batting average. Okay, all right. So, yeah, you were kind of right in that, uh, that area too. I mean, here, here's the thing, Jeremy. Uh, I feel like with a rookie or with a really hot prospect like that, there's there's two ways that it can go. The first is that, like, he gets off to a blistering start and then the league figures him out. Right. Or he gets off to a really rough start, but then he kind of starts to put it together towards the end of the year, which I think is kind of what ha- – you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Vlad Jr. last year get off to a bit of a rough start? Um, yeah. And yeah. then he kind of turned it around and he ended up hitting about 270-something. Um, so yeah, like with a 60 game season like this, uh, there's just, it's, it's there, you know, it's, there's not going to be time for him to figure it out if he, if he starts slow, which I think he's going to. Um, so yeah, that's why I think 252 is, or as you said, 265, those are pretty good guesses for where he's going to hit, I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. That sounds good. Um, so for home runs, what do you got, Jack? Uh, I think that he's going to hit. 12 home runs. Ooh, okay. All right. Um, I have him at uh, 17. Okay. 17 homers. And actually, that's what um, – well, that's simulated stats. Uh, they, they they have those, like, baseball simulations on MLB uh, – on baseball reference, and I, I just saw that, that they actually have them at 17 already through uh, 73 games. But, uh, oh, damn. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, 17. I don't know. Um, okay. Yeah. So and R- RBIs? No, yeah, not yeah. yeah, not quite not quite 20, not quite uh, – one every three games, but uh, yeah. yeah, that's still uh, that's still a lot of home runs for sixty games. Um, I'm gonna say RBIs. I'm gonna say uh, forty five. Ooh, all right. Well, Jack, I have forty four. Ooh, okay, okay, and yeah, you know what? That's that's a lot of RBIs for for yeah. sixty games. You know, um, but are they are they hitting him in the middle of the order? I didn't see the box score last the, night. Um, these last two games, I think he hit like sixth yesterday. Okay, um, and I think he might have been about sixth uh, today as well. So he'll I get some RBI it's... chances. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, you know the White Sox could be good. They they're definitely looking good against the Cubs right now. Those, those right. two games. So, um, so yeah, those are interesting. All right, we're you know not too far away on any of those really. Uh, homers was probably the biggest uh, discrepancy we had there, and sure that one could easily go uh, any way, I guess really. But uh, I'm excited to see him play, and um, he is going to be the biggest. Uh, rookie i think this year um 
you know, uh, I think Bo Bichette still has rookie eligibility. Um, he, yeah, he, I, I believe I believe he does, and a lot of people are predicting a really good season from him. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, I think it, it might be Robert versus uh, uh, Bichette for rookie of the year. Um, yeah, maybe uh, Joe Adele for the uh, Angels if he gets into the uh, um, conversation. Um, I don't think like they're not. No one's really talking about Joe Adele as being like a sure bet. Uh, opening day starter, I think, right now. So, so Joe or uh, Joe Adele just might not get as many games or at bats as Luis Robert will this year. But uh, we shall see. Yeah, it, you know, again, there's 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 a good crop of um, uh, rookie players uh, coming up, just as there's been the last like four years or so, four or five years. Um, so it'll it'll be interesting. Nate Pearson for the Blue Jays too. Keep an eye out for him. He's uh, I think he could take the league by storm once he makes the uh, once once he makes the majors. And that's not because I'm holding a very valuable <laughs> Nate Pearson baseball card, <laughs> which also happens to be true. Um, but uh, yeah, okay. So there we go. Uh, who do we have? Uh, what do we have up next, Jack? Well, I believe it's uh, Pete Alonso versus Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which guy is going to have the better season? Yeah, so this one was interesting. I mean, I think, you know, in the spirit of the conversation that happened last year, I definitely think that there were a lot of, I don't know why, but there's like, there's, there seemed to be just a lot of like Pete Alonzo hate or a, P, a lot of Pete Alonzo like just disregarding. I mean, like, what more do you want the guy to do? Like, he'd mashed homers, like, and like, uh, I mean, I don't know, like his average, like, I think maybe kind of dipped as the season went along, but um, I don't know, people are, they're kind of, call him like a one trick pony a little bit. And I think people are expecting him to kind of fall back to earth, but like, I mean, what more did you want the guy to do? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, he did what was expected or he did as much as you possibly could have expected him to do hitting 53 homers. I think he only hit 260, but I mean, yeah. you know, he he's probably, uh, you know, over the course of his career, isn't going to project as a guy who hits for a real high average. So his game seems to be mashing home runs. Um, especially yeah. once they get the universal DH in the league, like he won't have to play for his base every day either. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you know, um, you know, I, I don't see how you can rag on a guy who uh, you know hit hit a home run hit you know every every three games. Uh, fifty three fifty three home runs is crazy for a rookie. I know yeah. we've seen it. We we also saw it with Aaron Judge just a couple of years ago. But uh, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's unreal. Um, at the same time, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. also had a really good year um, for you know the time he was on the field for yeah. the uh, for the Padres. Yeah, um, in about in about half of uh, you know he played about a half a season, eighty four games. I was also going to say Pete Alonso played one hundred and sixty one games last year too. So it's like yes, he did. Yeah, you mad that he took a, that one day off? You know, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so Tatis, uh, you know, he's more of a seems like maybe more of an all-around player than Alonso is. Um, yeah, uh, Tatis hit three seventeen um, in uh, over three hundred at bats, uh, stole sixteen bases. So um, yeah, I, I guess um, in terms of who's going to have the better season, the better overall season, I would say Fernando Tatis. Um, just because I think that he's, and he's also a good shortstop too. Um, Mm -hmm. so, uh, I think that as far as like, who's going to be more valuable to their team and who's going to have the better overall year, as far as the stats across the board, uh, I think it's going to be Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to argue, um, just with the amount of categories that Tatis like, uh, um, contributes to. Um, you know, that being said, you know, like I said, Alonzo played 161 games and Tatis was on the DL twice, I think last year, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if, 
I, I think just the, the root of this comes from like, you know, people saying that, um, you know, that uh, Tatis would have won rookie of the year, regardless if, if Pete Alonso broke the home run rookie record. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll never know. Um, and uh, if, if Alonso plays twice the amount of games uh, that Tatis plays next year, Alonso's going to have the better year, um, <laughs> un, you know. So, uh, so it's kind of a question of like, uh, health, I guess. Um, I would still tend, I, I, you know, as much as I like Alonzo, um, you know, I think Tatis could be one of the top players in the league, um, you know, for the foreseeable future. So, yeah, I mean, you know, if you, if you make me choose between the two, I'll I'll say Tatis, um, just because he's going to contribute more in, um, in more categories. Uh, but you know, it was a tough, it was a tough category to compare the two because, um, and you know, even better season, like, what does that actually mean? You know? Um, so we'll, we'll have to discuss that, you know, when, when the season is over, if, if, uh, if it's not lopsided. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think, um, Tatis is, uh, just, he's, you know, he's got a future as, as high as, um, you know, as can be. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see for sure. Uh, traded for James Shields. Uh, ne- yeah. Never, <laughs> yes. never forget. Um, okay, so uh, so yeah, it seems like we're both coming in on Tatis there. But uh, as you said, Jeremy, it'll be interesting to see when the season uh, is over and we can revisit that one. Um, stolen bases, uh, an interesting one. Stolen bases are kind of a relic in uh, today's game. Uh, yeah. yeah, we uh, had to look it up last year. Malik Smith led the uh, major <laughs> leagues in stolen bases for the Mariners. Um, so uh, the. The question is, uh, will the league leader be Acuna or the field? Jeremy, who do you take? Uh, Acuna versus the field, right? Um, I mean, it's kind of scary. Yeah, if you look at the – I don't know if I still have it up here, um, the league leaders in stolen bases. Yeah, you got it right here. So, I mean, you look at the the top three stolen base leaders uh, the last last season. You got Malik Smith, Edelberto, don't call me Raul Jr., Mondesi. Uh, yeah, uh, and um, Jonathan VR. <laughs> so it's hard to mm. it's hard to say, um, you know. And and Malik Smith had nine more steals than uh, than Acuna. So you would kind of have to say the field uh, if you know if you're thinking about that because any one of these kind of oddballs can come up and and beat Acuna. Um, and I hope that the the speed I hope that the speed uh, doesn't you know go away from Acuna's game like it has with so many other players who start off Tr- as, Trout for yeah, yeah Trout for Barry Bonds um, Sammy Sosa like these guys were early like thirty thirty even forty forty guys and um, you know it would have been really cool if Acuna got forty forty last year but unfortunately he got hurt at the end of the year um, but uh, I mean. Do you blindly say, like, a guy who... I mean, well, first of all, it's, like, however many, like, you know, hundreds of players versus Acuna. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I would almost take whatever you say the opposite, Jack, just to make it interesting. But uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say I'll say Acuna. I'll say Acuna okay. will get it. Okay, well, I was definitely going to take the field, Jeremy. So there you okay. go. Um, right. you, know, you know who I think is going to lead the league? I think Trey Turner is going to lead the league. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You talked about fast white guys on uh, on you know on an episode about yeah Brett Butler a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So yeah. you know yeah I think that uh, I think Trey Turner is going to do it. He's got some gaudy steal numbers. Uh, last four years he's stolen thirty three, forty six, forty three, and thirty five bases. 
Um, so I think that if he can stay on the field, uh, you know, he's got a, and you know, if he can hit well enough and get on base enough, I think he's got a good chance to lead the league in steals. Um, that's fair. That's fair. Um, the only thing I, I worry about Trey Turner is, um, you know, his uh, Twitter account, you know, coming back <laughs> to, to haunt him. I was trying to find, um, yeah, did, I believe he said something about like being in the back seat of his friend's car, like some drive through or something. I, he, there was some kind of things there. Yeah, <laughs> some, some reference to having dread, dreadlocks or something like that. Wasn't it? Yeah, that was, there was something in there with, with that too, as well. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, they're so like lame They're I mean, they're certainly offensive or they're certainly inappropriate. Um, but they were just like, it was like, it was like a dorky kid trying to come up with like some saying something edgy and it's like eh, try again junior yeah uh it's it's a shame that was that was a nice little time where people were digging up like guys old old tweets you know that's yeah. never going to happen again i'm sure that every major league baseball team now has hired some intern to like clean up you know guys tweets from you know from years ago uh yeah, yeah you would think so you would think so although it it they kept popping <clears throat> i mean i guess all those, uh, you know, instances happen relatively within the, the span of time. But you would think that after the first one, they would have scrambled and did all that. But, you know, more more cases kept popping up. So who the <laughs> hell knows? Um, but, uh, yeah, all I was going to say about his tweets is that they were so dorky that they weren't even offensive because they were just like, who is this little twerp? But um, so, okay, you got the field. That's probably the safe bet. I'll see Acuna just for the hell of it. And we'll see where we're at at the end of the year. All right. Uh, let's see. Yelich versus Bellinger, who's going to have the better year? Uh, yeah. I think, I think Yelich. Um, if you listen to the Brewers' Twitter account, you know, they, they think Yelich <laughs> had the, be- the better year last year. Uh, okay. They gave, they gave uh, Bellinger uh, no love when he got the, uh, the MVP award, which was, which was kind of small of them, uh, sure. you know, of the organization. But, hey, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, I will say that, like, those guys, um, you know, they are pretty similar players. Uh, they both have uh, – Yelich maybe is going to steal a few more bases, but, like, they both get on base a ton. I think Bellinger had 95 walks last year. Uh, they both hit for a lot of power. Um, Bellinger maybe hasn't been quite the average hitter that Yelich has, um, you know, so far throughout his career. But, uh, you know, he's Yelich, when he was Bellinger's age, you know, uh, Bellinger isn't even in his prime yet. Uh, so as far as who's going to have the better year, though, um, I still think, uh, you know, if Yelich is healthy, it's going to be Yelich. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, so, Jack, I'm, like, looking. This is kind of uh, – this this could be a controversial, uh, like, splitting of the hairs here. But um, I'm going to say uh, – I'm going to say Bellinger has the better year, and I think it could come down to gold glove to defense i don't know okay and you know that's interesting jeremy i you know council did say that he was going to dh yelich uh okay. some this year so uh i don't know if they're planning to do that with bellinger bellinger is a really good uh right fielder um he's a really good outfielder so it might be kind of to their detriment if they dh him uh yelich is good too but you know i don't think he's got the arm that bellinger does uh so yeah um i think that you're right it could come down to gold glove and i think that council as i said is going to be dh'ing yelich probably at least once a week if not twice so uh you know bellinger might have the edge on him there yeah i mean yeah in a situation where they're both like very close um you know with numbers and uh 
you know, so how many homers did Ballinger have last year? Do you remember? I want to say 47. Year? I think he had okay. 47. Yelich maybe had, Christ, I don't even know, maybe 39, maybe 44. Um, I'm not sure off the top of my head. But uh, yeah. also, well, Christian Yelich also missed the last month of the year. Um, but, uh, yeah, Jeremy, I think, uh, you know, defensively, that's a good call. Uh, and, you know, Bellinger might just, might just edge him out. But I, uh, I'm still going to go with my boy, Christian Yelich, on the new lifetime contract with the Brewers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, 47 versus 44 were the homers last year. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Bellinger getting the edge, but yeah, Yelich missed those uh, dates at the end of the year. Um, well, yeah, you gotta go. You gotta go, Yelich, Jack, and uh, I don't like either of them, so <laughs> it doesn't really <laughs> doesn't make me happy to pick Bellinger over Yelich. But uh, that's what I'm going with, friend. And right for the hell of it. So, um, all right, what's up next, Jack? Vlad Jr. versus Jordan batting average. Okay, so yeah, now we actually now we're going categories here instead of. Uh, you know, um, uh, hypotheticals, I guess. Just who is, or, or who is better. Um, yeah. Okay, Vlad Jr. versus uh, Jordan Alvarez for batting average. Uh, I'm going to take Jordan Alvarez, Jeremy. Um, okay. For batting average, uh, Jordan Alvarez hit 313 last year. I think Vlad hit two in the low 270s. Um, yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, Jordan, uh, he's such a stud that he's going to continue to have a great season. So Jordan, he's my pick. Okay, that's fair, and um, I think you know I established myself as a, a Vlad fanboy, an Otani fanboy, um, and uh, I'm gonna keep more of it going this year. And I, I'm gonna say so. Basically, uh, you know, I think, I mean, Jordan in a very small sample size in, in minor league ball is a, hit about his average, um, like compared to his minor league with like in the three teens, three tens, um, and Vlad. Uh, historically has hit higher than that in the minor leagues, but underachieved once he hit the majors. I kind of think I'm going to say Vlad and I'm going to say more. I'm going to say it's more because Jordan comes down than Vlad goes up. I think Vlad okay. might do, will hit better than 272 or whatever he hit last year, but I think Jordan is going to come back down to earth quite a bit. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say maybe Jordan hits like in the two seventies and, and Vlad hits in like the two eighties or something. So, well, here's an interesting uh, X factor to that, Jeremy, as far as what Vlad Jr. does is where are the Blue Jays going to play their games? You know, um, yeah. I think a lot of it might depend on ballpark too. So they're not playing in Toronto. That's official. Um, yeah. but they still haven't announced where they're going to play. So, uh, yeah, I think that could have a big impact. One story I saw said that Baltimore might be like the spot, the site for their home games, which seems, uh, you know, that seems weird. Um, yeah. but that's a, that's a really good hitters park. So uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think uh, that's going to have a big impact on the type of season that Vlad has. Uh, and he's not he's not going to be playing in Toronto. Bottom line. So wherever he plays, it's going to be different than it was last year. Um, yeah. And you know, if he ends up playing in a minor league park, well, you know, he hit over three hundred minor league parks in his in his career uh, in the minors. So uh, yeah, that that could really be to his benefit. Yeah, for sure. I heard something about like <clears throat> them playing in like Buffalo or something. Yeah, and like the lights not being up to standard or something. Oh wow! Which is why the major league might not let them play there. Okay. Um, so uh, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe you won't be able to see the damn ball <laughs> in Buffalo or something, and, <laughs> and hit 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 lower than he did last year. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think um, I could see I could see Jordan kind of coming around a little bit, like the league adjusting to him a little bit, and Vlad maybe continuing to kind of grow into what he's going to ultimately be and kind of improve his numbers from last year. So yeah, I say Vlad on that one and I don't even feel like I'm going 
on too much of a limb on that one, even though sure. even though the numbers would belie that fact. So there you go. Okay. Um, and next one, Jeremy Garrett Cole wins ERA and strikeouts. Uh, yeah. So I am going to say that Garrett Cole is going to have. Uh, I think he's going to have Jeremy nine wins. So I think I took nine wins um, for our uh, over under. I think he's going to have nine wins if he starts. <laughs> if he starts twelve games. I think he's going to win nine of them. Uh, his ERA, uh, I'm going to say it's going to be 3.06. Okay. Um, and uh, strikeouts, I'm going to say that he's going to have 125 strikeouts. So okay. uh, that would be probably more than 10 a game, but I think he's going to have a few games where he strikes out like 14 guys. So I'm going to say he's going to have 125 strikeouts. I think he's going to have a great year this year. Okay. Well, I give you credit, Jack, for... Um, giving Garrett Cole the benefit of the doubt for a guy that you hate so much. <laughs> uh, you do not like Garrett Cole. I'm not sure how in depth we've gotten on it on the on the podcast, but uh, you definitely do not like Garrett Cole. Nah, he's not um, my favorite. He seems like he's, he'd be kind of an asshole in real life. Although, he, you know, I don't like wine, but he does. He does. He does love wine, apparently. Oh, really? Uh, so that I mean, that's something about his personality there. Like besides. <laughs> Besides baseball, besides being a guy who can just throw a baseball really hard. Um, That's funny. Another guy who liked wine was Jim Schwartz, a former uh, coach of the Detroit Lions. Oh, did he really? Yeah, who seemed like metrosexual football coach. Like he had that little, he had that like kind of like, like kind of point at the top of his head, like kind of like a a duck ass haircut and with a little uh, skunk, you know, spot there, that little white spot. And he just looked like. He looked like a little prissy punk, um, and Jim Harbaugh, uh, you know, um, dispatched of him <laughs> in such a way when he kind of <laughs> pushed him off of him uh, at the end of the game, which was pretty awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, that's well, that you found a new <laughs> angle to take on Garrett Cole, I would say, in terms of not liking him. All right, well, um, people people can change, Jeremy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so well, I don't. Yeah. So the thing is, I don't like Garrett Cole either. Um, but. Uh, I was going to say, I don't know what makes you think of him. Did you call him an asshole? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, he, he seems to be the, uh, uh, as, as your buddy, uh, as, as our buddy Mark Bubblebath would say, you know, he, he seems to win the award for not being any fun to hang out with when he yeah. actually, you know. So, yeah, he just kind of seems like a, a guy who thinks he's above it. Well, I don't know why you'd say that, Jack. It's not like, you know. Uh, you know, the day, the, the like min- minutes after losing the World Series, he was wearing that Scott Boris hat and he said, I don't work for that team anymore when they asked him <laughs> about the Astros. So I don't know why you'd think he was an asshole. But, but anyway, um, you know, I digress. Um, and I have lower numbers across the board for him, Jack, than you do. Okay. I have seven wins. Uh, so I'm, you know, I, he could still lead the league in my, in my prediction uh, matrix. Yeah. Um, so I have seven wins. I have a 340 ERA and I have 110 strikeouts. Uh, Jack, I just think um, him going to the AL East, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold against him. Even though like you know the Red Sox aren't what they used to be, the Rays could end up being like you know the force to be reckoned with in the AL East this year. Um, but traditionally, you know, one of the hardest leagues, um, one of the toughest uh, divisions in in baseball. So I think you know Garrett Cole could could be in um, you know his numbers could come down to earth a little bit pitching in like a tougher tougher league and, yeah, that, you league know, that, and a tougher division that's a good point jeremy i mean he got to play a lot of road games last year with the astros and uh you know oakland and uh yeah. seattle which are yeah. historically uh two pretty good uh pitchers parks um so yeah uh uh you know maybe not quite the confidence i have in garrett cole but i mean i think we can still both agree that he's 
going to put up some better than average numbers uh, with the Yankees. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, he'll still be good, I'm sure. Um, all right, Jack, what do, you, what do you what do we got next? John Lester ERA, <laughs> Hall, Hall of Fame Lester. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to say uh, his ERA is going to be over five. I'm going to say he's going to have a five point. <laughs> I'm going to say he's going to have a five point uh, oh five ERA. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, no love there for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, there were times last year where you just wondered if if John Lester like fell off the edge of a cliff a little bit. Just he had some bad bad outings. Um, he his uh, ERA last year was uh, four forty six. Mm-hmm. Um, I have him at four forty. Okay, and that was that wasn't even without that. I actually hadn't did not consult his ERA from from last year to even guess, but I figured four. I thought he might have been like 450 last year sure. uh, to 460. So I thought maybe he might have a better year in a, in a smaller, uh, in a smaller uh, contest, I guess. Um, so, um, so yeah, I got him at 440. I, I'm a, I am a Cubs fan, so uh, mm. there's a little uh, wishful thinking there. A little, um, a little, a little home cooking there. Um, I think so. Yeah, I, I think Jeremy, uh, you know, they signed Lester to a six-year deal, I think it was. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, when, when you sign a guy, especially when you sign a pitcher to a deal like that, you're really signing him for about the first three, maybe four years, and then you'll take those, like, two crap years at the end of his contract, which is pretty yeah. much exactly how Lester's contract has played out with the Cubs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I, the World he, Series, so. He did, he did, yeah. Uh, he had a great... He had a great first couple of years with the Cubs, yeah. uh, you know, and he won the World Series, and no one can take that away from him. But, uh, yeah, I think his career is definitely on its last legs, and I, uh, I predict an ERA of over five. Is he, even, is he even going to be in the starting rotation when Quintana gets, gets uh, um, off, the yeah. D, off the aisle? Yeah, I think so. They do have him slotted in as, like, the fourth starter, though. They have Tyler Chatwood slated to start the third game of the year, I heard yesterday, which is oh, wow. okay. kind of mind-boggling. Um, uh, but uh, he's he's nestled right in there securely between Tyler Chadwood and Alec Mills, so um, you can't take that away from old Johnny Lester. So there you go. <laughs> um, Josh Hader uh, saves uh, for the season. Well, Jeremy, I said fifteen was going to be the I think the high for saves, and I think Josh Hader's going to have it. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, I, I was hearing some Hader for Cy Young talk. To be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I read it on, I think it was uh, ESPN.com or MLB.com or something the, like for that. For this year, right? Yeah, for this year. Um, you mean, know, this could, the, it could be like like you said, Jeremy, there might not be a lot of strong pitching. Uh, is going to be one of those guys where, like, Council likes to use him for two innings at a time. So yeah. even if they're not, like, even if it's a four-run game and it's not a safe situation, they might still bring him in to get the last six outs. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, I could see that's – I think that sound reasoning. Um, <clears throat> so – yeah, who knows? Uh, it it could could happen. Um, I was um, I have him at twelve saves. Okay, so a little bit lower than that. Um, I will say this, and you know, I it's easy for me to say this as a non-Brewers fan, but um, it does seem to me like the the great Josh Hader downfall is is going to happen at some point. Yeah, uh, you know, and and I'm not talking about you know when they when they check out his Instagram comments or his TikTok oh, uh, <laughs> followers. Yeah. Um, but uh, what yeah, we, what yeah, we, we, already, we already had one Twitter joke in here. You know, we couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't make a second one. But no, well, um, I, I predict that he'll, he'll, his next downfall will come from a different, maybe a non yet, not yet uh, created social media platform, maybe discord. <laughs> maybe he might be in some weird discord groups. Um, 
uh, Discord channels. Um, but uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, so that's not that's not the great Josh Hader downfall that I'm predicting. But I was I you know he could still get 12 saves this year and still like you know his arm could still fall off. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. But um, yeah, I kind of. Um, I think it's I, 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 I feel like that Josh Hader uh, you know something bad's happening going to come sooner than later just because of his uh, his you know movement his like wind up uh, his usage so I don't know we'll see but um, but yeah I still have him slotted in for twelve saves. Okay, I like it, and I will say, Jeremy, I, he won reliever of the year last year. Formerly the Rolades relief man of the year, uh, they don't call it that anymore. But uh, I do think Kirby Yates uh, had a better overall season. So, um, sure. uh, for the record, I don't think Hater should have got that award. But yeah, it's very possible. Hater gives up a ton of homers, so we could see the downfall this year. I hope not, but we'll see. Uh, Craig Kimbrell, Jeremy, uh, <laughs> number of saves. Now we saw we saw the downfall last year of Craig Kimbrell. Yes. Um, yeah. I'm going to say seven saves for Craig Kimbrell. Ooh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's rough, right? That's rough, yeah. That's, that's no respect right there. Um, well, I have Kimbrell. You can double that one for me, Jack, because I got Ooh. 14 saves. 14 saves, okay. Because, I mean, you know, like, he's you, you kind of think he's got nowhere to go but up, um, but uh, he could just keep plummeting lower and lower, <laughs> I suppose. I mean, quite honestly, listen, if he gets seven saves, I'll be happy because that means that Rowan Wick, Wick will be reinstalled as the rightful closer as the Cubs, who I've been pu- pushing for for, you know, this will be the second year that I'm pushing for it. I'm, I'm head of the Rowan Wick fan club. Um, but uh, so <laughs> if, if that, if, you know, I, there will be a silver lining for me um, if, if uh, Craig Kimball falls off uh, a cliff. Um, but, I mean, I think he could have 14 saves and not even be that good. I don't know. You know, yeah. we'll see. I mean, here's a question, Jeremy. In a 60-game season, how many saves does a guy have to blow before you take him out of the closer's role? That's, you know, that's true. is it yeah. is it two? Is it three? <laughs> I can't, yeah. it can't. It's not going to be that many more than that in such a in such a short season. So, uh, yeah, managers are maybe going to have to have a, a quicker hook with guys in that role if they're not if they're not performing because the each game is going to be you know three times more valuable uh, than it would have been if it was a regular season. It's true. It's true. Yeah, that that is true. I mean, and I say when you got someone like Rowan Wick, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> waiting in the wings, you don't you don't give K- Craig Kimbrell that big of a leash. So you watch <laughs> out there, you weird bearded, bent over freak, um, because <laughs> you got you got the guy with the silver spoon in his mouth uh, name waiting on the horizon, and Mr. Rowan Wick. So we shall see. We shall see. But yeah, I have him. I have him at fourteen, and I'm not very. I don't feel very strongly that that even means he's going to have a great year, but uh, I don't know. I think he could just get 14 wins and have a 390 ERA or 395 ERA. So who's, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Well, Jeremy, our last four over-unders are, are personal. So they're, yes. they're our own over-unders for what we're going to do as fans in this, this season. This time it's personal. It is, just like Jaws the Revenge. So the first one we're going to do is uh, Twitter beefs. Uh, uh, there's already been one Twitter beef uh, over a certain Marcus Stroman um, comment. Uh, so the yes. over-under for Twitter beefs for the remainder of the season is 1.5. Um, yes. I, I guess that, who knows, that depends maybe on how many times we tweet about Marcus Stroman. Because um, yeah, sure. his, you know, or, you know, who knows, maybe there are other guys with similarly sensitive fan bases. Um, I mean, uh, I did. I did recently tweet about the the Joe West uh, COVID truthing 
uh, comment. And I actually I thought that we were going to get some some Twitter hate from that, but uh, we didn't. Um, no. Well, for anyone who it, didn't see it, uh, for anyone who didn't see it, I uh, equated Joe West being a COVID truther to um, Chan Ho Park grooving a home run to Cal Ripken in, in his last all-star game appearance and him cracking it into the left center uh, field seats. So. <laughs> um, I think, uh, Jeremy, I'm going to guess, uh, I'm going to take the, uh, the under on this one. I think it's going to be one. I don't think okay. it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be zero, but I'm taking the under. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I know we haven't had, historically, we haven't had that many Twitter beefs. So to say we'll have two is, is a little bit lofty, perhaps even uh, aspirational. Um, but if it, if, if it takes two Twitter beefs to get us some more exposure, I'm all for it. Uh, so I'll take the I'll take the over on that, and I'll even try to make it happen. Uh, if you do, if you do as well, Jack, that's got to be a mutual promise. All right, perfect. Um, uh, so we yeah, we'll uh, we'll try to we'll try to influence that one. Try, try to get over two. I like it. Okay, uh, over under on elusive baseball. Okay, so uh, I, I went a little fast on that one. So the the category for this one is over under on what what we're calling the elusive baseball card episode. Uh, so what, what that is is every once in a while, as as, I, as I've begun to point out, Jeremy will mention when we finally do the baseball card episode. You know, even though we've had like three or four episodes about baseball cards, um, I decided I don't know exactly what Jeremy has in mind for that. But so it's the over under on for the rest of the season mentioning that baseball card episode. We have it at two point five because it gets yeah. it gets it gets brought up a lot on here. I got to take the over on that one. I think it's going to happen three times. I think it's going to happen three times. Nice. Okay, that's fair. Well, at least I know how many like I can I can get away with without still uh, you know without making a winner out of you, Jack. Um, but uh, I, I'm going to take the under on that because I do feel like um, I've tried to become more conscious of some of the things I over mention on this podcast, uh, including a certain trip that I made out west at one point to see a. <laughs> off-season uh, baseball <laughs> league which I won't say specifically because that will be that'll officially count as another reference so I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna take the under on that on the 2.5 thank you very much and um, you know that doesn't mean that uh, I can't think it in my head I just don't mm. have to say it out loud well Jeremy also like we, we could have also done one on uh, like you mentioning the fact that you have a very valuable card of this prospect um, and <laughs> yes. the, the over under on that one would have been like 10.5 just like how many how many episodes are we going to do between now and the end of the season? That would be the that would be the like the number for that. Yeah, um, that's for sure. But uh, all right, so here here's one uh, here's one for me. Yeah, little uh, turnabout is fair play kind of thing yes. here for you, Jack. Uh, so <laughs> Javi Baez and Wilson Contreras combined compliments. Um, yes, and that how is many, a, by Jack. Yeah, how many by me? How many times am I going to compliment Javi Baez and Wilson Contreras? We have it at Wilson. zero point. 0.5 um and I'm, I'm gonna take the under on that one i just i think i would just i would just feel dirty jeremy if i said anything nice about either one of those guys i mean you know you know me i just uh, yeah it's just i just do not like either one of those guys i just don't like them i think they're yeah. you know i i was about to say i think they're good players and okay so this doesn't count but i think you know i think that they're you know they're both right. But hey, you know we're already over. But no, I mean I think they're both good players. But I'm not going to go out of my way to to compliment <laughs> those guys. That's what it's got to be, you know. Like it's got to right. be me going out of my way to be like, oh, I think that guy did a really, yeah, he did a really good thing, you know. Uh, it I'm can't just, be grudging. I'm, okay, that's fair. I'm just going to say like, you know, if um, 
you know, there's a situation where, uh, let's say Joe West is, uh, maybe not Joe West, but, uh, let's say, uh, you know, um, Angel Hernandez. It, yeah, that might not even be a good one either. I'm trying to think of an <laughs> umpire that people actually like, if there is one, but, uh, um, let's say umpire X who is not hated, universally hated, um, you know, in the league, say he's behind home plate, say there's a, uh, foul ball and it, you know, it, uh, hits him in the throat or something and knocks him out or something. And Wilson Contreras has to give him mouth to mouth resuscitation. I'm, I'm saying, Jack, you're, you're not going to give him a compliment for that. Like saying, Hey, he saved that guy's life. He would probably like do it in some kind of an uh, annoying way where he like, he over hustles or something, yeah. you know, or he would try to like, uh, he would try to like work that into doing like a, a back pick. You know, like you would think he was, you would think he was going to save the guy and then he would like throw to first and, and try to nab the guy at first base or something. Yeah, um, he, would, he would save him and then like, yeah, flip him in the air and then uh, put him like, try to put him in like a lounge chair and then he would like fall and break his ankle or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, and, and I'll say it, you know, you would have to be uh, an idiot of a baseball fan and not think those guys are, are good, are good players. But uh, but yeah, I'm not I'm not going out of my way. So Jeremy, as far as combined compliments are concerned, I'm gonna have a big a big goose egg for that one. Um, okay, that's fair. I want I want. Pu- oh, go, oh ahead. go ahead. I was gonna say, can there be a push on this? Like, if you give him a half compliment, like, hey, <laughs> that was a great play, but I still hate him. <laughs> like, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be like that. Push. Yeah, that was that was good. But so if the word if the word but is in is in the sentence, it's only it only counts as a half compliment. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and then, uh, Jack, I guess, um, you know, the finale, the question that uh, is on all of our minds is over under games that me and you, Jack, see MLB games that we see in person in in the stadium. This in year. person in the stadium. Uh, it's yeah. Right now we have it at 0.5, uh, zero point five games attended. So, yeah. Jeremy, unfortunately, uh, I'm going to have to take the under for that one. I don't think we're going to see an MLB game in person this year. Yeah, and you know, hey, this is like our big grand finale, but it's a downer of an answer because I also have zero. I have the under on that. Um, there, there was talk at one point about um, would they open up uh, the stadium, uh, you know, in a limited capacity. I know that uh, China, the Chinese league, and I think Korean league now has opened up uh, games to uh, fans. Um, the Jack, the Chicago Dogs have fans uh, oh do they they're, they're gonna have fans this year um, so it's possible I mean so number one it would have to happen number two we would have to like agree to do it uh, and number three we'd have to be able to afford it too because I don't know if they if in some kind of crazy scenario where it actually even happens are the tickets gonna be like a hundred dollars for like the last row of the stadium I, I have no idea so yeah I'm sure if they were only money. only letting a, a limited number of people in I'm sure they would jack up the prices especially for the Cubs I don't know about the White Sox but if the Sox are contending this year which it seems like they might uh yeah, yeah I, I think tickets might be uh, a little bit rich for our blood um yeah, yeah. and, and uh, four could we even get them like because they might just be so scarce that we can't get them so right yeah there's a lot of factors even if it does happen so um you know we'll see I don't know I don't know but um <laughs> with the way these numbers are looking, um, you know, it's not looking too good. So um, we'll just be Jack. We'll just have to be happy if um, the season is completed uh, this year. <laughs> right, right. Um, okay, Jeremy. Well, that's probably going to do it for our over under and prediction episode. Uh, yeah, but yeah, we had that, a. Uh, oh yeah, I was. Oh, I, I was going to say. Oh, what were you going to say, Jack? Go ahead. 
Well, I was going to say, Jeremy, we uh, yeah, we, we have some good ones here. Obviously, we're going to write them down, keep track of it. And, uh, you know, after the season, we can revisit these like we did last year and see uh, see where we ended up on them. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm very curious uh, where we're going to end up on those uh, those personal ones as well. That'll be uh, that'll be that'll be very interesting to, to find out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it will be it'll be interesting. And um, yeah, you know, uh, with the season coming up here, uh, we wanted to kind of do some sort of like opening day primer. And so there we go. Um, you know, uh, I would say uh, stay tuned to our social media because um, uh, maybe we can maybe we can put something together for opening day, uh, either Thursday opening day or Friday opening day with uh, Cubs playing the Brewers. Um, we'll see what we can do. But uh you know, if we can do some sort of fan interaction sort of thing, that could be kind of fun. But uh, I, um, you know, it's it's like the most anticipated opening day uh, ever, I think, of our lives, just because we've been deprived of baseball. So um, it'll be weird, but um, I'm I'm glad it's happening, even if it's imperfect, and uh, even if they're ruining National League baseball by putting the universal DH in, um, and even if they're doing something crazy uh, with the tenth inning. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, and put, exactly. putting a putting a guy on second base. Yeah, so I guess we'll take it because um, we just want anything. So they got us. Um, but uh, but yeah, so uh, I'm ready for the the opening season, uh, the the opening day, Jack, in the regular season. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And um, yeah, just hopefully nothing changes by Thursday. But I'm just glad baseball's back. Same here. So for Rain Delay Theater, I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.